You are now tuned in to the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. Three, two, one. Here we go. Let's get ready to suck it. Welcome to your room. Snack bar, Lambeau Field. I was scalded by the cheese of a flaming hot nacho. You play to win the game. He starts to come and then he pulls out. Oh, it's from a slice of gabagool. Finish him. Welcome back to the All-Star Vintage Podcast. Another episode with your boys here, Dom and Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, if it's your first time checking us out, Ooh. thank you. If you're returning, welcome back. You know all about the ignorance, and we got another episode filled with it, man. It's episode 23 here now on the Chop Sports Network. Cruising right along. Mm-hmm. It's... Fucking another Sunday, another scorcher out there. I mean, it's a serious. This week has been a rough heat wave. heat wave. This has been some serious shit. Like, and that made me think about last night. It was like two o'clock in the morning. The trap house let out, and I'm like, "Yo, they were all just crammed in there <laughs> with no air conditioning." Like. Hold on, you gotta sc- you gotta <laughs> scale back, brother. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that people probably are like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so Enlighten not, us. Yeah, I live next to a, I call it a Jewish trap house. So, what a Jewish trap house is is a prayer house. It's not a, like a drug house or not. It's where they all just go to pray. It's like an empty house. Where they just go and they pray. So, these fucking you know, I don't problem. I'd say there was probably like 20-something of them last night that let out about 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what time they went in there. They probably went in there like 11, 12. But that house is hot as shit, I assume, because all those houses on that block need window units. And that one, once the fucking white trash family get left, no more window units in there. Right. So you had the white trash family next door mm-hmm. that moved out in the middle of the night. Yep. And so now it's replaced by a quote-unquote prayer house yeah with yeah. late night prayer sessions i yeah, guess yeah i guess that was i guess because it was saturday but, but normally it's just empty but what you're saying is it's empty do you really think it's a trap house i think it's no i think it's a prayer house oh it really I is call, pr- i call it a See, trap house i just call it a trap house okay. because I mean, they're literally only going there to pray See, I so thought you were empty, saying it was a front stash house i thought the prayer house was a front <laughs> nah. for a trap house Nah, i gotcha. mean gotcha if listen, if that's if in that world they're into drugs and shit like that, I'd imagine that's somewhere that where they would keep. Would it. make sense, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like I said, no one lives there. That's why I said when the when the front door was swinging open yesterday, smashing against the <laughs> fucking railing, I was pissed off because no one's gonna close that. But um. On to some, some stuff here. We got some, some business here. Well, some things here. Yeah, let's start with the big news, man. The big, big news coming big out of the wrestling world that oh, and that was, everybody that Vince, is talking about. Is it the Vince news? Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Retirement of Vince? Vince McMahon, um, the head of WWF, WWE, for as long as we remember, mm-hmm. uh, finally stepping down. Screw you! You're is it him stepping down or is this, like we said, him controlling it from his living room? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that all these allegations are coming out against him now. Mm. And he's starting to, you know, send himself off into the sunset. Yeah. 
And, I mean, obviously this is a play to get himself out of some hot water somehow. Mm-hmm. Or at least, um, at the very least, remove himself as mm-hmm. a distraction and let the company operate the way it's supposed to, you know, without mm-hmm. those things going on internally. So, like, the <clears throat> like if Vince is just being a good guy and cares about the business and mm-hmm. doesn't want to jeopardize things, then, yeah, I think that makes sense. Listen... I'm under a lot of shit right now. This is not good for the company. Let me step away. Even even if this is a temporary 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 move. Even even if it's a temporary move, you know, um, maybe he'll come back. That's you what know? I said. That was my call. So Mike. I said, yeah, he's retiring for about all of about six months, and then when mania let these time things starts, calm down. Once mania time starts creeping back around. <laughs> Oh, they're gonna be cru- they're gonna be craving fucking storyline. Who's the perfect person to bring back? Yeah, but I think it's all about the allegations right now. I don't think it's anything else to do with anything. You know, cons- uh, considering him being like worn out, tired at seventy seven or whatever age yeah, he is he now. He doesn't strike me as um, the kind that gets tired. Yeah, so I really do think it's related to what's going on right now, and it definitely does have that. Um, that ability or, or chance rather for him to come back, you know, to come back at a certain time. So we'll see. But definitely interesting news. Um, yeah. Vince McMahon, a legend. He's absolutely, yeah, absolutely. A legend. legend. Like, probably the greatest bad guy in wrestling history, easily. I mean, Vince is up there in our, what, Mount Rushmore oh of God. figures, yes. right? That we've yes. Just our kind of grown up figures. with. Yeah. He's uh, up Pop there. culture figures. Yes. He's in the, 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 He's in the halls, uh, for sure. But when it just comes to him being like a... He, he's like the greatest heel wrestling's ever seen. I don't care. Like Best character. It's period. The, yeah, it's the best. It's it's like the ultimate evil like corporate guy. And like he can live the gimmick. You know, like it's perfect. It's it's the best. Him and, ha- and, and Heel Hogan. Hollywood Hogan. Those are the two greatest heels in wrestling history. I cannot argue that. I cannot argue that. I mean, you're thinking about the impact, it, you know. Uh, I mean, Hogan, we know with the NWO heel turn, the impact it had on pro wrestling. But think about what Vince did. I mean, with the, especially in the Attitude Era where... That's what I'm saying. He was pushing the envelope, man. You know, they were in the middle of the Monday, Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. right? Um, they were losing at some point. And then you have Vince come in and kind of just saying, if anyone's going to take this over, it's going to be me. Yeah. If anyone's going to do it. And like, um, and then he does. He comes out with this fucking Mister McMahon character mm-hmm. that is so outlandish, so, so outrageous, so larger than life. It's so great. I mean, comedic. It's uh, the best. But he played the authority figure so well too. Um, perfect, just perfect. And then once he had the Austin feud, it was like That's the it. perfect compliment. It's the fucking perfect shit. And it saved. I mean, WWE for. Oh yeah, for a long period of time, man. And if you think about it, I mean, and you and you think about, or it depends on the audience that you ask. But if you ask us, I mean, wrestling is not the same without that Mr. McMahon character. Oh, and it's nowhere no near no as way. good, bro. Hell no. Nowhere near as good. Nowhere. That's like, yeah, no way. Like, what's your favorite Vince moment? Oh, that's easy. I mean, it's not easy, but uh, him and Stephanie, I quit match. You were talking about this That's one my last favorite. week. It's like yeah. one of my all-time favorites. With the things. evil, the the yeah, the evil grin with the smile. He's covered in blood. It's, it's that's like that's Vince at his absolute height. He's fighting his daughter <laughs> in an I Quit match. Like that's him at his absolute height. <clears throat> and like, there's a lot of Vince shit that 
never made it to airing. <laughs> like, a lot of sick Vince storylines that never made it. That thank God never made it. But he was he you know pushing the envelope. That's the guy who's pushing it. You know what I'm saying? He he wasn't afraid to bring an idea to the table. He well, that, I think was, I know the one you're talking about. The one where we had Vince's, uh, it was Stephanie's, Stephanie was pregnant with Vince's baby. Yeah, it was a whole yeah. incest angle. Incest angle, yeah. Like, that's that's too far. Like, that's too far for pro wrestling, I think. Especially need, for regular cable yeah, TV. For reg- yeah, like, that's like, you don't need to go with an incest angle. I mean, I, I, I wish, I wish I was a fly on the wall for how wherever that meeting took place mm-hmm. and whoever was involved. Because oh, yeah. imagine Vince great, pitching this. Great yeah. fucking line. I got a fucking great one for I'm gonna us. fuck my daughter. I'm going to make it put... So I fuck Stephanie. <laughs> not H. No, not anyone else. H, not the father. H. I'm the father. But the shit that <laughs> they used to get away with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just showed me Vince hooking up with Sable mm-hmm. in front of Linda McMahon. Mm-hmm. Vince and fucking Steph in the middle of the ring. Beating the shit out of each other with a fucking lead pipe. Uh-huh. Vince bleeding all over the place. Um, and this is supposed to be a family. I mean, think about if they put this on TV today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the outrage. But yeah, I'm going back thinking about it like the best Vince moments. Mm-hmm. And there's so many. There's so many. I couldn't. Um, Vince in the fucking, the beer bath. Vince in the That's fucking, definitely up there. In the there. hospital. Vince you know, in the hospital with mm-hmm. Austin and Mick Foley. man. Yep, that's definitely up there too. I was gonna say so that. So many, I, you can go. Over. Um, what else? Vince, uh, NWO Vince, Do Rag Vince, ECW Do Rag Vince, <laughs> ECW Champion. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. Do Rag Vince, come on. Do Rag Vince. He says. He says the N word. What's up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Vince. Like, come on. There he, you go. He's the goat. There you go. Another one. He's the GOAT. Does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Not not one single. Nope. Not one. That's why the wrestling world's going to miss Vince if he's really retiring. I don't buy it, man. I don't buy it either. I mean, I buy it that he's retiring for now. But I, don't, I don't think it's forever. What would you do if he opens up a new fucking a promotion? New oh, man. That'd be, that would be crazy. Like some real uncensored shit. I don't give a fuck anymore. Vince just goes completely senile. And opens up a new promotion. That's exactly like you just said. Just, just doesn't care. That'd no be rules. Hilarious. That would be sick. Speaking of other promotions, um, we've been talking past two weeks about the Flair shit, about the last Flair match. There was some other things that we, you know, we we brought it up, and then last week we talked, told you about the card, and now we found out the. I think we we found the final. You know, we have the match, the Flair match, and that is. Flair and Andrade versus uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, right? Yeah, exactly. So this was cool. I mean, I listen, I I don't think anyone's really surprised outside of maybe Jeff Jarrett, Mm -hmm. but we've seen for months him training with Lethal. That's how I had a feeling it was going to be with Lethal. Had to happen. Yeah. Um, And then you have Andrade, who is married or... Is he married to Charlotte yet? Uh, I'm sure they're probably married. Yeah, they're together though. Mm -hmm. Whatever. So, Flair actually, you know, has a relationship with Andrade as well. So, this all makes sense, right? And then you have Jarrett, the uh-huh. old veteran. Yeah. You know, who's not going to do anything crazy. So, you know, I think they have the right set of guys in the ring mm-hmm. for this to make it happen and keep and it like, safe and, and like entertaining. And like you said, they're, like, building a storyline for it. Yeah, so of. I saw, I so think... So, it makes sense. I get it. 
I think I saw the second episode of this documentary that they're putting out. And it was cool because it started off as like a you know motivational Ric Flair thing. Mm. But then it transitioned into the actual storyline leading up into the match. So at this point, they didn't announce you know who was going to be in the match yet. And there was a press conference thing that they were showing with Flair and Jeff Jarrett going back and forth. And then they moved to a different sequence where um, Jay Lethal is talking to Ric Flair outside in the parking lot by Ric Flair's car. Mm -hmm. And um, Lethal was pissed off, A, because he wasn't, and this is in the storyline, of course, but he wasn't invited to the press conference um, to promote, you know, the final match. So he felt disrespected by that. And then while he was there talking to Flair, he's like, you know, I really want to be on the card. And, you know, he's trying Mm -hmm. to get on the card and convince Rick. And Rick was like, basically like, sorry, kid. You don't got what it takes to be on this card, you know, yeah, type yeah. deal. And um, obviously, you know, Lethal and the storyline took great offense to that and started getting into a flare, started beating the shit out of him in the parking lot. Um, Jeff Jarrett and his wife, you know, show up. And, um, you know, finally, Jeff Jarrett gets Lethal off of Flair. Flair's all bloody and stuff. Jarrett's trying to, you know, clean him up, help him up. Mm-hmm. Flair's just being Flair and talking shit, now talking shit to Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett gets pissed off, starts beating the shit out of Flair. Jay Lethal comes back and starts beating the shit out, out of Flair, too. So yeah. it's just a complete so beatdown. I think that right there builds a good enough storyline to where you'd want to see it. No, they did it the right you way. Know? So without like having like a TV deal or like a, a weekly TV mm-hmm. show to build this up, I think yeah. this is a really creative way to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was quick. It was easy to do. Like it's easy to do. You have Flair, you have, you know, him training with Lethal and then basically snubbing Lethal and then Lethal getting mad and saying, Hey, makes, that yeah, works, you know. Works for me. Yeah. You know? Works for me for sure. And um, you know, I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but you know, again, the nostalgia factor of knowing Jay Lethal oh, a little yeah. bit as kids back in the day. You know, this is huge him. for him, hundred percent. To see him now, um, <laughs> just training with Ric Flair. I let mean, I, I know they've done stuff in TNA already yeah, and stuff yeah. like that too. But and that's alone, crazy. It's like, but yeah, the whole exactly. thing's crazy. Yeah, it's like him getting to fight Ric Flair in his last match ever. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking, that's an honor. And in the documentary, in like the earlier episode or in the beginning of this episode, um, you know, Jay Lethal was just talking about how like. You know, if he wanted to be any wrestler or whatever, you know, it was Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like, I remember someone else, too, that he idolized. When we were kids, what was it? The fucking... Benoit. Benoit. That's right. He would always do the... And then he was like, he he was a big fan of the TKO. (laughs) Like the TKO from Mark Merrill. But no, yeah, Benoit. Benoit! Benoit! Yeah, he was Benoit guy. (laughs) The TKO move was good, though, man. Mm -hmm. I got that... I got that off of the um, the diving board, diving board yeah, in the pool, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should just go to Nafisa's and do fucking moves into the, off the diving board. Yep, that yep. was it. TKOs, everything. That was power bombs. That was an interesting place to hang out with. Oh yeah, hang out at. Love, I used to love going. You right had there. snakes. You had Rottweilers. You had, had strippers. strippers. <laughs> the best. We're like uh-huh. fourteen. That was the best time to be over there. Like, this is great. Yeah, my neighbor across the street, his mom used to manage strippers. It was fucking amazing. So they'd come over there for like like uh, photo shoots and shit in the backyard because they had the built-in pool and shit. So like me and Nafisa would be in the fuck. We'd be creeping in the yard and shit. It was it was fucking hilarious. We'd be we'd be sitting in the shed while they'd be in the backyard. Like straight creep shit. Shrink. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You're a kid. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
It's got like these topless chicks in the backyard. We're like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> like the fuck. Parents remember, are like, yeah, I spent a lot of there? time in the feces lately, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when uh, that one chick, Capitol Hill, took? Like, were you there when she took us to, to the movies? X-Men. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, <laughs> she's she got like all this fucking food. She's like a plated chicken. She got all this fucking I'm like, what the fuck is this lady doing? It's like buffet style. Yeah. That, that was funny as hell. Think about that crew. Oh, yeah. At the, mo- <laughs> at the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I remember I used to go to I used to go to Jay Lethal's house all the time. Did you? Yeah, dude, he's got hella brothers and sisters. Yeah. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, no, it's not just Mohammed. Like he's got like four sisters. Oh shit, <laughs> he's got a lot of fucking. Yeah, I just sisters. know Mohammed. So like, yeah, you go to their house and be like a fucking million people over there, and then um, it's just cr- it's crazy though. Like, so I was just thinking, like as I was watching the documentary and just like you know thinking back, you know back and stuff, it's just unbelievable how people could actually reach their dreams like that. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind. Yeah, because you know? he did, like, um, like one of those creative pro things. Mm-hmm. And he did so well that they're like, we we picked who we wanted to pick, but we were going to make another spot because we liked you so much. So he that's how he got started. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it was just, it was just cool to see, it, like, all that stuff come together. And it just blows my mind, like, just, like, how could pe- how people could, like, reach that pinnacle. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, and sure as shit, they do it oh, at the yeah. highest level. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, but you know what? Like, when we were younger, I kind of, like, knew he was going to do that shit, because that's all he wanted to do. It's all he... We'd want to do everything else, and that's all he would want to do. Let's go shoot around the basketball court. Nah, I'm going to go play revenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now nah, we're going to go do this. Nah, I'm going to wrestle... The, I'm going to go wrestle in the yard. Like, it's all he wanted to it do was, was wrestle wrestling. in the yard. Yep. He was just wrestling all the time. It was revenge or wrestling in the yard. He yep. didn't want to do shit else. So it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Actually, we were talking about his favorite wrestler time being Benoit. I found this thing randomly one day. It was like similarities between Benoit and uh, Brian Danielson. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. And it's like 11 ridiculously, like, it's pretty crazy. It's like, one, they're both technical wrestlers. Two similar moves include diving headbutt and cross uh, and the cross face. Both use that. Uh, held the world title less than a day. Mm. Benoit did in WCW. He did in WWE. Uh, they both married a wrestler. Uh, they both lost his world title to Orton at SummerSlam. Wow. Yeah. Uh, made his made his de- debut in a group. Benoit was in the Radicals. Yep. And then Danielson Ugh. was in Nexus. Oh, remember that crap? Uh, featured in a tag team title match at WrestleMania 19, teamed with uh, the War Machine Rhino. That was Benoit. Mm-hmm. Featured in a tag team title match at WrestleMania 29, teamed with a Big Red Machine. Came. Yep. <laughs> uh, for Benoit, he won a world title in the main event of WrestleMania 20 in a triple threat match by crossface submission move. Danielson won a world title in the main event of WrestleMania 30 in a triple threat match by crossface submission move. That's a little eerie. Yeah. Nine. Both of his opponents were in a faction at once. DX. That was when he fought DX. Danielson. Both of his opponents were in a faction at once. That was when he fought Evolution. Uh, fought Kane in a pay-per-view later. Fought Kane in a pay-per-view later. Fought in a ladder match at WrestleMania 21. Fought in a ladder match at WrestleMania 31. Isn't that kind of crazy? I have one message for Brie Bella. Get out now. Right? <laughs> Take the kids and run. Take the kids that and is give fucking, me a call. That, <laughs> that's creepy, dude. That's right? really creepy. Right? I well, thought that was a little Fun eerie. fact. Eerie fact, though. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
get out. Right, who knows if, like I said, who knows if Ben Moore really killed himself and everybody else. Yeah. Who knows how that really went down. One of those, uh, you know, conspiracies We went over there. this. Yeah, yep. we went over it before. We'll oh. take a break. You take guys hang tight. Come back with some other type of football stuff on the other side. We'll be back after this. Fucker. What's up, everybody? This is Sturge and Gooch, and I'm here to talk to you guys about the flagship show right here on the Chop Sports Network. We're talking about the Chop Sports Daily. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Go check us out on YouTube. We go live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so give us the old subscribe scheme. Did you just channel your inner Sturge? Channeling my inner Sturge. Yeah, if you want to listen to uh, Gooch talk to you about how dominant he is in everything every day, tune in at 11. I mean, dominant in softball, dominant in tennis, definitely dominant in dodgeball, <sighs> dominant in California kickball. Monday through Friday, folks, 11, 11 o'clock. I wasn't done. Guys, behind every great sports fan is a spouse or a significant other that tirelessly puts up with us day in and day out, and sometimes they're even bigger fans than we are. At Chop Sports, we're all about helping all brands expand their business, and today we want to talk to you guys about a women's clothing company out of North Carolina called Lilac and Sage Boutique. Tell them, Dita. Lilac and Sage Boutique is a veteran-owned, LEL spouse-operated boutique based out of North Carolina. They were founded by those who serve. Their goal is to continue their service by providing affordable clothing to other hardworking women. They ship orders all over the world. They have all sorts of amazing styles, ranging from women's tops, rompers, to sundresses. I myself have already purchased way too many items, and I'm coming back for more. Guys, you have to act now, and at checkout, be sure to let them know you heard about them via Chop Sports by entering the code CHOP10 and get 10% off your purchase at checkout. Visit them online right now at www.lilacsageboutique.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Lilac Sage Boutique and join their mailing list like I did so I don't miss any of their new arrivals. You heard it from the producer herself, ladies and gentlemen. Check out lilacsageboutique.com. And we are back, second half of episode 23. You are tuned in to the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your boys, Dom and Mark. Uh, Thanks for sticking around. And we are going to jump right into our next segment, which is... Crickets. Uh, <laughs> no name still. Yeah, I'm going to say it is. No idea. Uh, but if you've been following us, you know for a few weeks I've been diving back into my old football card collection and randomly mm-hmm. selecting three cards each episode mm-hmm. uh, from the collection and taking a trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. So let's dive right back into that now. Jeez. Take a pick and see what you got. All right, so no, not a bust. No, not a bust at all. all not right. a bust at all. But uh, near and dear to me, the first one is a is a score, uh, I believe, 2012. Um, Dustin Keller of oh. the New York Jets, tight okay. end, man. He was a good tight end. Really Dustin good, Keller. man. His problem was his injuries. Yeah. Um, Keller was really good. He was like our last really legitimate, good tight end. Yeah. legitimate tight end. That could um, actually score touchdowns yeah. and, and, like you just said, stretch the field exactly. And um, we really, really haven't had that since. Uh, I actually have a Dustin Keller jersey. That's blue. That I got, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago that I found. I think at a flea market You know or what's something. funny? They have that Rucker guy uh, slotted pretty high. Jeremy Rucker. Yeah, they have him slotted like pretty high like as like a potential you know sleeper tight end this year. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think... Uh, Listen, they got two legitimate starters right now, Uzuma and um, 
Whatchamacallit? Conklin. Conklin's really good. Yeah, I think Conklin's gonna be the tight end one, actually. Yeah, he's like he had a really good year in, in uh Minnesota. I don't know. I don't see how they just let him walk like yeah, that. Yeah, because didn't like their tight end, their number one tight end go down or something like that. Um, and then Conklin kind of well, took Well Conklin the load. took over once they kinda got rid of Rand- Rudolph was there for years. Yeah. And then he's like went to the, he left. Yeah, and then Con- I think Conklin, young dude nowhere. though, dude. You yeah. know, coming into his prime and um yeah, it's gonna be nice. So Rucker, I don't know, I don't know where he fits. You still got Yaboa uh, there too, um, a couple other guys. So it'll be interesting to see how that room really shapes out as training camp starts and preseason mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But yeah, Keller, um, number eighty-one for the Jets. He was drafted round one uh, out of Purdue, and um, I think I think his first year was two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. This card, yeah, yeah. So two thousand eight from two thousand eight to two thousand eleven. We have his stats here on the back of the card. Mm. And, um, dude, 535 yards, uh, three touchdowns, 2008, 2009, 522 yards, mm. two touchdowns, 2010, 687 yards, five touchdowns, there you go. There you go. 2011, 815 yards, there you go. five touchdowns. So, so that's a nice productive year. Yeah, man. I mean, dude was good. It was just injuries. And then... Later on, he I guess we let him walk, and he ended up with the Dolphins. Ah, uh, the Dolphins always end up picking up a lot of a lot of Jet and Cowboy like tight ends and linebackers. I noticed. I don't know why that is. I always noticed that though. So this is from the same set. I'm pulling from the same set, okay. the 2012 um, score. Okay. So we have uh, here Falcons linebacker Lofa mm. Tatupo. Oh, remember him. Yeah. Lofa uh, Tutupo. I think it started with the Seahawks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was going to, he was drafted, I think, back in 05 in round two by the Seahawks, played with the Hawks until 2010. And then I guess the 2011 season was with the Falcons. He Pretty became good. A, he became a journeyman. Yeah. Decent guy. Good production. Yeah. Plug and play. Nothing guy. crazy, though. I won't yeah. go into nothing big with that one, no. but that's number two. Yeah, what do we got for number three? Oh, all right. Mm. Now, again, another jet. Yeah. Of course, my jets, collection, yeah. we're going to get jets. a lot of jets, yeah. right? But this is a Fleer. Mm. Um, 2001, a beautiful mint condition. Vinny Testaverde. Mm-hmm. I had a few Vinny cards. Look at that one. That's a good Vin. It's <laughs> a good Vin. Fucking classic Brooklyn boy, Vinny Testaverde. Um, of the U. So, in 2000, I guess they have this best game from 2000. 36 completions, 481 yards, two touchdowns. That was in 2000 against the Ravens. Mm. Um, his old team. Then he played for the Ravens. Then he played for almost everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tampa, I think, is where he started. Did he play um, for the boys, too? Yes, he did. And the Panthers very, very late on towards the end. Um, but yeah, Vinny, one of my guys, dude, definitely 1998 season AFC championship. We know what happened with the Broncos. That one was a fucking, oh, that one made me legitimate cry, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you ever have a game that makes you cry? Yeah. 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 That was one of them. Um, and as a Jets fan, you have a lot, but when you, you don't have a lot of meaningful ones and that was one man. Yeah. If we would have went that, if we would have beat the Broncos, we were winning the Super Bowl that year. Because mm. who was it? The NFC team, the Falcons that year. Mm, yeah, we were winning. Yeah, it was like Chris Chandler led Falcons. Come on. Yeah, I mean that's how I felt about the 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 
the year that Dez caught it and they said he didn't catch it in Green Bay. We were winning that Super Bowl. If we went to that bowl, we were winning. There's no question. We were a powerhouse in 14. So the three, we have the two Jets. We have Keller and we have Vinny Testaverde. And then we have the Seahawk Falcon Lofa Tutupu, linebacker. So that's it for this week. Nice. But uh, let's keep it going, man, with football, NFL, right? Eh? We're talking Jets anyway and uh, some news. Yeah, some you know. news came out. Um, so Jets Twitter uh, made an announcement earlier in the week saying there is going to be a, you know, some type of jersey reveal. And, of course, of course, Jets Twitter erupts because we all want one thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what that is. Kelly Greens. Absolutely. Yeah, who doesn't want Kelly Greens? Or at least some variation of that old school logo. Mm-hmm. You know, that 80s, 90s oh, yeah. logo on the helmet. I mean, those, Much like that, the would Giants fix, are doing. that would fix those helmets. Because I hate the way those helmets look with, the, mm-hmm. with those that uh, new Jets logo on it. I don't yeah. like that font that they use. But, 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 but if they slap that 80s, 90s logo on it, man, mm. it would make all the difference yeah. in the world. Anyway. Um, so it's not the Kelly Green jersey. No. Of course, because why? No. Why would they give us what we want? No. Nope. Never going to happen. Giants did it. Kudos to them. Yeah, and Giants those are their best jerseys. Listen, I hate the fucking Giants, but I think those are some of the nicest jerseys. I don't know why. The, those those red, white, and blues, those yep. blue, you know, shits are just real clear. They're crisp. They're clean. And, like, yeah, they come out. They're wearing those. The Jets are wearing, what, black helmets? This, that's the so reveal. So that's what yeah. they trot out. That's the big reveal, the black helmets. But I will say. They look good. They do look good with the black jerseys. They do. They look good. Uh, might look good with the white jersey and yeah, black pants, too. That would too. be cool, too, actually. If they do a variation like that. But they could do, I think this year they're doing it three times. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all later in the year. I think one with against the Patriots, one against the Bears, mm-hmm. and one against the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be cool to see. It's a different mm-hmm. look. Um I hate these. Still remind me like the gate. I'll always call them the Gates era Jets jerseys. Um, That's a terrible way to think about it. I know. Well, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm going to be negative. (laughs) But I mean, other teams. You know, the Giants came out. The Panthers. They're also going to be rocking black helmets for a game. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, like a game or two, like two games. Uh, the Bengals that came out with the, the you know their white helmet those look crispy, so crispy yeah, dude those white tiger jerseys and the boys are gonna be rocking white helmets on Thanksgiving like they don't normally fucking do that every year anyway like oh yeah they put they make a big stink about it I'm like maybe two years you didn't rock that jersey but th- that's it you know yeah yeah it's just that's stupid to me and then we saw the some Bears alternates that were all orange helmets and, you know it looks like the same old yeah, alternates not, not, not really, special yeah Nothing special. But um, it was suggested to us by a listener and a fan and a friend (laughs) that um, we do a segment, since we're talking about jerseys anyway now, that uh, we do a segment and we go through the, like pretty much every NFL team and pick out our favorite jerseys from that team. So we'll go by division by division. We'll do... What well, we said, we'll do the AFC East this week. Yeah, we'll start this week with the AFC East since we're already on the topic of the Jets. Mm-hmm. We're talking about their helmets. Um, so we'll look through the team's jersey histories, each team from the division. And yeah, we'll pick a division every week and we'll do that until it runs out. But yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. Sharky, thank you very much mm-hmm. for the suggestion. And um, we, we want more of that, man. Like more fan interaction. Give us some suggestions, ideas for segments. Uh, we like that shit, man. Mm-hmm. We like that. Yeah. So let's kick it off here with 
Who do you want to start with? The well, if we're gonna go the AFC East, we might as well start with the Jets. All right, all right. So we're looking all the way back from you know back to 1960, basically, and the history of the Jets jerseys. And as a diehard Jets fan, I'll say I haven't been a fan of I don't know 70 percent of their jerseys mm-hmm. throughout time. It just I don't yeah. know. They don't jive with me. Um, so, you know, back in the day when they were the Titans, I mean, I don't even count that. And when they brought them yeah. back as throwbacks, I thought they absolutely sucked. Yeah, those Titans jerseys are fucking stupid. Now, a good team was wearing them. They have Favre here in this picture yeah, that I'm yeah. referencing. I'm not counting the Favre. But I'm thinking Sanchez with uh, Mangold yeah. and Brick, Thomas Jones. Um, you know, those guys, those were a lot of good Jets in that era. So yeah. when they did bring them back, um, you know, at least there's some good memories attached to that. Yeah, but the jerseys, but the jerseys themselves. It's because they're not green, I think. I it, no, thank you. So definitely not my faves. Um, and then you think about, like, the Namath era. Yeah. Don Maynard era. Um, those ones. Really basic. The lighter yeah. green. Um, I mean, you guys know what they look like. Yeah. They're, you know, blah. That, that old 60s era style jersey, <clears> you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, think about you know Joe Willie and the Super Bowl three highlights. So that's the one we're thinking about. Yeah. And then well, late seventies, eighties, it changed a little bit. Um, they went to the Kelly Greens, uh, but it's not the same as the mid nineties Kelly mm-hmm. Greens. They shifted again at some point. But yeah, this is like the Klecko era mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Greens, which, which is still crazy. He's not in the Hall of Fame. That, that that's that's a crime. That blows your mind. You that's know? an absolute crime. Um, the guy was an all-pro at, like, a few different positions, Multiple too. positions. That's all you got to say. Multiple all-pro, multiple positions. Not in the Hall of Fame. What? Because he's if he wasn't a Jet... Probably. If he was on that, any other team... Jet bias. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, now those are definitely in, like, my top three favorite Jets jerseys. Um, the white ones. The Gassineau. The Gassineau, yep. Same. Uh, and then this is when the shift came in, 90. Right? 90, yeah. Kelly so Greens. Those, that's my pick for the Jets. Me too. Yes. These are my favorites. The 90 Kelly Green. I liked when they incorporated the black on the collar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have done a little something to pizzazz those numbers up a little bit, like how San Fran had the shadows mm-hmm. numbers in like the mid-90s, like that style I really liked. Um, Jets didn't ever went that way, but still, these are by far. Oh, yeah. This is the, by far the best. Superior jersey. Cream of the cup. Co- Even crowd. the white ones are nice. Yeah. Very clean. So I, I don't know why Jets, when they revealed these gay Sarah jerseys, I you know they had a perfect thing sitting in front of them. Totally fucked it up. But uh, look at these weird throwback helmets from '93 that they brought. Oh, I have. I, I remember seeing a couple of cards that I had, like of guys wearing wearing these. that helmet. That's a like, weird what helmet. What the fuck is that? That's like they. That was almost like that's almost like the new the last logo they had before yep. they did the gay Sarah match you know with Kelly saying? Green. Match with the Kelly Green. That's weird. Yeah, I don't like that at all. No. At all. Um, That's what it would look like if they would have did a Kelly Green throwback in the 2000s. They probably would have had that logo. Exactly. Like, it would have looked like that probably. Yep. And then in 94, they had uh, a different variation of the throwback. Ugly as hell. a little darker. Yeah, it's getting a little darker. The white stripe going. Mm, That's stupid. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking Injured quarterback there, typical. And then in 98, this is, you know, up to the most recent ones. Mm -hmm. Before the gay era. And again, I never liked these either, but I will tell you. Mm-hmm. I miss them now. Yeah, right. I really do. Yeah. Because, 
you know, most of my childhood and memories are adult those, fandom that are these yeah. jerseys, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. The Kelly Greens are my favorite mm-hmm. classic, of course, but I was young when they were rocking oh, that, man. It's like the Cowboy, for me, the Cowboys ones are like the 94. Those fucking things are beautiful, but like they only wore them like a handful of times. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and then you have the new Jets jerseys, you know, so if you incorporate, you know, the alternates, the black ones, the you know the new white, the new white ones. I think are good on their own. Mm-hmm. I like the new white yeah. ones. They're not bad. Uh, but once you throw you the helmet on, it just they look stupid again. I don't mm. know. I, but the Kelly Greens by far definitely my so, favorite. Yeah, that's easy. That was an easy one. Yeah. Now let's move on to with the Patriots. We'll go to the Patriots. Fuck right. them. They all suck. Nah, actually, I do like that old throwback red joint they do with the with the Patriot on it. But if we're gonna go favorites, my personal favorite. Is probably the blue Bledsoe error. That one, yeah. yeah. Then it started in I think ninety three. Mm-hmm. That blue Bledsoe error where they have the blue where it has like the Patriot guy on the side. And um, I also remember someone and else. And the white versions of those are sick too. I also remember a certain running back wearing this jersey. Uh Curtis Moore. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what New England fan... I never had a conversation with Literally. a New England fan about Curtis Martin. Yeah. They probably just... I don't think they hate I'm him. I'm about to say, they probably just think very indifferent about him, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, we won a million championships after he was here, so we yeah. don't care. Um, okay, so that, that version's your favorite. Mm-hmm. Mine is... I think the the white one. The white version of that? Yeah. With the, uh, the shadow numbers. So mm-hmm. I think we upgraded in, like, 96. And they had the, the white... I guess away jersey with the shadow numbers, but it's mm. basically the same thing. Yeah, with the uh, Patriot logos on the shoulders. That was a cool jersey. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, so those are like those and are Patriots, older, and they're older. The red ones are are, are nice. Those they're old nice. throwback ones, those are nice. Let's take a trip to Miami. Oh, they always had like whack jerseys to me. I know. You know what it is too. Like it's the, the teal color scheme. It's soft. Yeah, it's like shouldn't be a football team. Yeah, color. yeah. It's like a fucking. It's a lacrosse team. Powder puff team. Yeah, tell it tell to Bartel, though. <laughs> um, mine's cut and dry, my favorite. Because they're almost all the same. They really yeah. didn't change too much over the years. So the orange alternate to me is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm just a... <coughs> this, this era of alternates were mm-hmm. my favorite era. Okay. Um, I would have to say, though, the, the, the Marino era greens for me are probably the... These ones here? Yeah. Yeah. Because they had, like, the shadow number, kind of, mm-hmm. and the orange in there. It's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool jersey. So you're going the with the Marino era. Yeah, for the soft color. I'll go with the orange alternate. All right. All right, fair. Cool. And then lastly, we'll Buffalo. go to the Bills. Yeah, Buffalo. A um, few different jerseys in their time. Yeah. I, it, I, it's so hard for me to tell, like, which ones I like the most, though. I like... Those ones are pretty nice. Yeah, like I the think... Bruce Smith era. Yeah, I think it's the Bruce Smith era ones, too. The whites. But the white ones, yeah, yeah. specifically. They're, all their white jerseys are clean. With, and, and the red helmets with the big, uh-huh. um, overexposed Bill. Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Whatever. <laughs> on it. Yeah, I love those jerseys, man. Th- those were good. Um, so, yeah, th- that's that one is it for me. What about you? Yeah, I'm good for that one, too. Agreed? Yeah. Okay. So, that was it. That was fun. Yeah, that's the AFC East for our favorite jerseys. Cool, man. Did you see your boy um, just staying on NFL real quick? Hmm. Uh, your buddy Jim Ursay, what he did recently? No. What'd he do? Did something stupid, probably. He bought Muhammad Ali's belt, I guess, uh-huh. at an auction or something. It's over $6 million. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's always, oh, yeah. That's a drunk purchase. <laughs> he did that. It was like, oh, yeah. He was probably like on fucking. 
I would say fucking eBay, like two o'clock in the morning, drunk as hell, but he's rich, so there's probably like a rich guy eBay somewhere where they auction off six million dollar Muhammad Ali titles. But yeah, he's probably just on his computer, probably wasted. Like, oh yeah, I want this fucking title, man. And then just yeah, boom, bam, titles his. <laughs> Jim is a mess. I don't know how he owns an end. Is he an owner still? I think so. He's owned is the Colts or the Browns? Colts. Colts, yeah. I don't know how he's still an owner. After all the sh- I mean, well, he I could sit. I could sit there and say, I, I wonder how he's an owner. But then there's fucking guys like Dan Schneider who's still an owner somehow. Floating around in a yacht somewhere. Yeah, super villain style, like fucking that. That's Jerry style. Jerry's the the king of that shit. Want to shift gears? Sure. Um, little movie talk. Yeah, sure. All right, cool. Uh, it's a summer of blockbuster hits. Big one, <laughs> big one. Well, for me anyway, horror fans, if you're listening out there. Um, specifically, if you enjoy Rob Zombie and his movies, mm-hmm. I know for me they're very, very hit or miss, and lately they've been more miss, miss. than hit. <laughs> yeah, they've been missing heavy. Um, recently released the trailer mm-hmm. for the Monsters. Yeah, I saw that. No. And coming out with not much fanfare, man. I'm and, not. And a lot of pushback uh-huh. from fans out there. <laughs> so, what do you think? I'm man? in that camp. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like I was, I was like. When I first heard the idea, okay, he's making the monsters over, and it's not going to be, like, scary. He's going to do it like the show, like, Goofy. And remember, the monsters is his baby. Yeah. Like, that's his favorite show. So you think, super passionate about this project, Mm going to make sure all the resources and everything's in place to make this successful. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is literally, like, this is it for him. It's the monsters, Mm -hmm. you know? No, I get it. (laughs) No, but that's, that's the thing. So... Uh, you know, I, if that, that that's the case, that's what I'm, you know, I'm expecting. Like, all right, then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, what the fuck was that? That was horrible. That trailer was horrible. One, like I said, the logo was shot on a fucking iPhone. Uh, the sound quality is fucking terrible. Like, I don't know what's up with the sound on there. It sounds like it's unmixed or something. I don't know what the problem is. Like, our shit coming out of here sounds better than that. Um, Yeah. I just was not impressed at all. Like, I don't know. When I'm watching the trailer, I'm like, what am I watching? Like, this doesn't seem like it's going to be entertaining at all. And then I read somewhere recently he was bitching to somebody that he didn't have, like, the money he wanted. He's like, oh, well, if I had this budget, forget about it. I would have been able to do blah, 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 blah. Like, so what you're saying is you're already making excuses and the movie didn't even come out. This shit didn't even come out yet. And I could tell you how I know it's going to be bad. It's coming out directly to Netflix and DVD in September. Yeah, that is very disappointing. Telling signs. I mean, you know, at first I think you're expecting a theatrical release. And then yeah. it's, you know, produced by Universal or some subsidiary mm-hmm. of Universal, something. And so you would think, okay, if it's going on any streaming service, mm-hmm. it's probably Peacock, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. They don't even want it on Peacock. Yeah, it's bad. So they sell it to Netflix. And it's going straight to Netflix, which mm-hmm. I'm super disappointed about. But I'll give you my initial feedback. When yeah, I, I know the you're trailer. like you're you're interested. I am. I did not hate the trailer, and I mm. think my expectations of what it was going to be mm-hmm. was kind of just that. Um, I, I was expecting Goofy. I was expecting Rob Zombie's touch to it, mm-hmm. and with that comes a lot of jankiness. Um, you know, the camera angles, the cinematography, all that stuff is a little different than what people are used to when watching just regular movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So just kind of knowing the director and kind of the way that he 
makes his movies. I'm, I was expecting that. So when things kind of like just seem off or jumpy or things like that, I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of Rob Zombie. Yeah. I get that. And, but I think like in terms of the characters and the way they look, like I didn't hate the way Herman Munster looked. No. And I, I kind of liked the bounce back between color and black and white. Mm-hmm. Although I will say that the black and white version looks so much better. And I was on YouTube yeah. and I saw somebody actually cut the whole trailer in black and white just to see what it would look mm-hmm. like. It probably looked better. And so all the issues that you were talking mm-hmm. about immediately go away in oh, black yeah. and white. I believe it. And I'm like, huh, maybe they should rethink that strategy. Although mm-hmm. I did like, because I liked the vibrant colors they were using when it was switching back yeah. and forth. It was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Herman Munster, I thought he looked cool. Um, some people are complaining about his voice being too high and too goofy, I guess. All right, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the original yeah. Herman Munster. Yeah, he's dead. So, you know. Can't say, go here. He's dead over yeah, there. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't bury him in Pet Cemetery. He ain't coming back. That, that's not going to work. Um, Sherry Moon. So, again, there's going to be a negative yeah. response for Sherry Moon because everyone hates the fact that Rob Zombie like puts her in a lead in every movie. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Is she the best actress <laughs> ever? No. <laughs> but, listen, it's Rob Zombie. It's his movie. It's his wife. Uh-huh. If he wants to do that, uh, you know, who's to tell him that's not the right thing to yeah, do? Yeah, no, I get it. It's his project. You know, whatever. And me, personally, I'm a fan of, of Sherry Moon. Mm-hmm. I like what she does. Um, so... I think she portrayed um, what's her face decent enough. I Lily mean, monster. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be cool. I, I, I think it's. Uh, Do you think they got Francesca to play Eddie? <laughs> there is no Eddie. I know it's a prequel. Oh man! So basically, it's about a when they meet the right? love story of yeah. when they meet. Exactly. So I mean, listen, it's not going to be for everybody. Um, I'm still excited about it. I didn't notice the audio issues until you told me, and then I went back and I did notice that. Mm. So it makes me think maybe this was a rushed trailer. Rushed trailer. And it's That's just, what I was thinking too. Yeah, you know, it's not the final product by any means. Hey, maybe the movie's gonna look a lot different than the trailer. Yeah. That happens too. So I think we just gotta sit back and see. I'm still gonna remain hopeful, but well, again, I'm gonna all, give it a chance. All but... the signs are pointing that this is gonna suck, yeah. right? I and I'm trying to ignore that, but. You know, what you were saying about zombie bitching about the budget mm-hmm. and then the whole thing just going right to Netflix. I mean, my hopes aren't high, but of course I'm still going to see it. Yeah, yeah. I'm still going to watch it, but uh, I'm not that excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. Are you yeah. excited about Elvis, your boy? Oh, fuck Elvis, bro. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of torn because, like, I love those. I've said it on here a million times. I love, like, those rockumentary movies, like those... Just movies like that are pretty much documentaries about like bands and artists and shit. Like I don't know why that just sucked me in all the time. Doesn't matter even if I like the artist half the time. Those those movies like they suck me in all the time. And I don't know if Elvis, the fucking because I fucking hate Elvis. I'm like I don't even think he has any good songs. Like it's not like I'm going there for the music, you know. Like I go there strictly for the cinema and the story, but. Speaking about Elvis real quick. Uh-huh. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, it's fine. He's a pussy. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you seen this girl on TikTok? She, uh, people like... I don't re- have TikToks. So people request songs. She's like this bigger chick with a mm-hmm. shaved head. Um, and she goes in these public places and obnoxiously, like, belts out these songs mm-hmm. and, like, slaps her fucking, mm-hmm. her fucking leg and is outrageous. So she's been doing... 
hound dog oh, a lot. Yeah. So she'll just go in public places and she'll go up to mm-hmm. someone. She's like, do you mind taking a, a video for my TikTok? Like, mm-hmm. take my phone. And, you know, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. So they, they start filming her and she's like, thanks. And, and and start screaming <laughs> like going nuts. that ridiculous and just jumping all around and people were like what the fuck oh, I'm like, ignorant. so ignorant and fantastic I love that I love, yeah that's so great. kudos to that girl mm-hmm. but no I don't know if I'll go see that Elvis movie because I don't know like, like I said I love those movies but I don't know if I could sit through Elvis is that gonna be in the movies yeah I think it's already like I don't think it's out but like it's one of those things that had gotten like these like they showed it at these film festivals and like got standing ovations and all this other shit and then it went to the critics and the critics were like oh this is dog shit hmm. so like I don't know who to trust I believe it's dog shit because it's Elvis because Elvis is dog shit but the guy that's playing Elvis looks just fucking like him who is he do you I know I don't know if his name's like Austin something he looks and like say he looks and sounds just like young Elvis it's insane yeah my, my thing with Elvis is like all he did was just steal yeah, other people's black people's music. music yeah that's all he did was steal people's music and like that's it. Like yeah. even if you hear like a, an Elvis song, it's probably someone else's mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Like oh, I love that Elvis song. Yeah. That 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 was a song in like, mm-hmm. yeah, nineteen twenties or nineteen thirties by some yeah, you know, other Memphis um, acoustic blues artist or something like that. So it's like mm-hmm. there was no like originality from him or anything like no. that. So from like you know people calling the ki- you know king of rock and roll and all, I think that's a crock of shit. I always thought this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> It's well, like a, you know, he, he's an entertainer. That's oh, it. Yeah. And a, a fine one, I'm sure. But that's it. Because you know what? You know who goes and dies the next day? That freaking, that fucking Elvis Presley. And everybody forgot about Groucho Marx. <laughs> Fuck Groucho. You say another derogatory term against Elvis, Elvis Aaron Presley in my presence again. I'll fuck you. <laughs> what does he say? Yeah. Something like that. Fuck Groucho. Fuck Groucho. I fucking love Devil's Rejects. Best Rob Zombie oh, movie that's, by far. That's, talking that's, Rob that's Zombie, his ba- that's, that's his baby. That is him at his fucking peak finest right there. Like, I don't know how... Why can't you just do more movies like that? Yeah. I mean, he tried. Yeah. Three oh, from Hell, 31. Was bad. That was bad. Garbage. Lords of Salem was the worst. Dude, you know what's funny about Lords of Salem? Like, I'll look on, like, some boards and blogs and shit like, like that. It? People praise really? Lords of Salem. Really? And they say it's his best work. What and are they watching? I have no idea. <laughs> I That movie I almost walked out of. Yeah, it was really bad. I don't think I ever walked out of a movie. Ring. I walked out of the ring. Ringu 2, Raisin. I don't remember what Raisin is. I don't know. I walked out of that shit. And I walked into some, like, Bruce Willis cop movie. <laughs> some typical fucking movie. Yeah, once the deers attacked the car, I was like, all right, I'm done with this fucking terrible thing. And I took off. Ugh. <laughs> yes, fucking Lords of Salem was one I almost walked. I, me- I remember we were sitting all the way at the top. You were there. Mm-hmm. And when they showed Devil Turkey. I was like, all right, enough. <laughs> I remember all of us looking at each other like, what is this? What mm-hmm. are we watching? Yeah, it was fucking awful. Probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, no, definitely. That was Rob Zombie's... Uh... That's up there with The Village to me. Yeah, Village is bad. That was uh, that Rob Zombie, that was his uh, that was his turning point. He's another one with very hit or miss, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been mostly miss ever since he... D- Signs was pretty good. Signs was awesome. I liked Signs. Signs was original. Signs was really mm-hmm. cool. I liked Signs. Um... Yeah, other than that, I don't think he's put out any. The Village was terrible. That was one. That was another one of the worst movies I've ever seen. There is literally no reason why that movie should be made. No. Period. Period. When I when they got to that guard shack 
And I realized that it wasn't like old times. I was like, what? You're kidding me, right? Am I watching? Why did I sit through that? It's like if I just took like a little hike. Yeah, I just... If I walked a mile. It's over. It's right there. The movie's over. It's right there. Oh, my God. There's so civilization. Frustrating. So frustrating. But, you know, when it comes to Elvis, like I said, I just... I don't think... I don't know if I'll see it. I, don't, I that's I know I won't see it in theaters. Yeah, if I, I if it's Essen on TV sometime, maybe I'll catch it in the future like that and just be like, all right, I'll give it a shot and see what happens. But I don't count myself actually uh, going and physically watching anything that involves Aaron the Pussy Presley. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's starting to, you know, like we were saying earlier in the episode, it's a sweltering week and we don't have air conditioning in this room. It's starting to get hot. So I think we are going to wrap it the fuck up for episode 23 and with that as always is uh everybody's favorite segment to fucking kill off the episode that is the <laughs> moment of the week and this week we had this uh we had the all-star baseball game in um I th- yeah it was in uh, la it was at the dodger stadium actually so a lot of the Dodgers didn't, they didn't have to travel far for the game. It was nice and nice and treatment at home for them. But during, uh, I don't remember if it was home run derby or pregame workups to the actual All-Star game. I want to say it was pregame workouts right before the game of actual All-Star game. You have, you know, what? Crowds of kids going hanging out, trying to get their ball signed, trying, you know, trying to get their autographs from their favorite baseball players that are all in one place at once. And then you have who we've discussed in the past, and we've done a, a tournament. They were part of our uh, barstool tournament of worst, was it worst moves or worst? I don't remember what it was. It was worst something. And um, there was a grown man at the All-Star game literally pushing and shoving children to, like, get Aaron Judge's autograph. And, Loser. Yeah, and Otani's autograph. And all these super... And, like, if I'm, like, one of these, you know, athletes and shit, and you have... Literally, I'm not sitting here saying this guy's, like, 30. This guy was, like, 40, 50. Even 30, even so. I'm just saying. You have all these children and, like, a 40, 50-year-old man reaching over them, like, trying to get you... Are you signing that if you're a fucking athlete? No, take a hike. Yeah, right? Take a hike, pal. Take a hike. Get the back of the line. Maybe I'll get to you. So hopefully this dude got the fucking message and he wore his clown makeup home because that shit was all over the place. I'm sure he must have been... If he wasn't embarrassed, kudos to him, I guess. Sure. But if, uh, if I was him, I would be extremely fucking embarrassed. Because that's some Stan autograph-seeking pussy bullshit. And you need to grow the fuck up, buddy. So that is this week's <laughs> moment of the week. This uh, loser is uh, hopefully happy with himself. And I know I'm going to be happy with myself when I get into some air conditioning. So that is that for what? Episode 23 is a wrap. If you like what you hear and you want to support the show, as always, go to allstarvintage.shop and you can shop for all your favorite vintage gear, jerseys, Mm t-shirts, jackets, hoodies, all that good stuff. Yes. And uh, give us a follow on social media and Mm -hmm. share the podcast with your friends. Of course, we appreciate the love. There's more things coming, so be on the lookout, everyone. 
Take it fucking sleazy out. This has been the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. We'll be back with another episode whenever we feel like it. Yeah.